Hey, good morning. How's it going, man? Good morning, dude. What's up? It's been a hiatus from the motivation podcast. It has been. We're about back. You. We're motivated. Motivated. Ready to go. Yeah. Yeah. You got your, your screen is kind of blurring. It's you get a clear picture of you, and then it comes back in, then goes back out. It's the aura of motivation. Yes. It's coming off. <laughs> you got the moments T on. I can't see if I see the logo. Yep. There's the logo. Yes. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah, man. So I got Lulu's surf shop. Oh, represent. What's, what's <laughs> up? <laughs> what's up? <laughs> oh, dude. So um, catch everybody up on the personal note that, that should be noted. Luke got married. I got married. How's married life, man? Excellent. Yeah. It's fun, dude. It's a lot of fun. It's great having somebody who supports you in what you do. Yeah. Um, somebody who is uh, passionate. And when you don't feel like you going forward, you have somebody who's right there yeah. kind of behind you, pushing you along, saying, hey, you can do it. You got this. Yeah. You know, wake up in the morning and no, you awesome. can do this. You got this, you know, awesome. and vice versa. You know, so I, I really see it as as a blessing, something where we can both contribute to each other's lives. Yeah, that's that's amazing. It's one of the great byproducts of a healthy marriage is, yeah, you can encourage it. My, my wife now asks me, well, do you want to be encouraged or should I be encouraging you to quit? <laughs> so we have that conversation. It's like, <laughs> well, that's the other side of the coin, right? Right. right. Because at, at some point it's like, all right, I'm not, I can keep motivating you. You know, mm -hmm. I have no problem saying, hey, you can do it. You got this. Yep. But then there's the other side where it's relational. And it's like, hey, well, I also care about you as a person. Yeah. And how are you actually feeling? <laughs> you know, like yeah. I, we were, Case and I were having a conversation about this yesterday through text. Uh, and there's challenging things in both of our jobs. Yep. And my something that I can do that is not necessarily inherently healthy I think a lot of guys struggle with this is trying to fix problems. Hey, I'm struggling with something with work here. You know, I, I go to voice texts like, Hey, you I got, got this. this. We can push forward. If you have a positive mindset, you can do whatever you want to. And it's like, and, and it's just like, well, I still feel like I don't like my job and that doesn't go away. <laughs> you know, and, it's like, and for you, you'd rather probably have, like a solution, like, oh man, I'm really struggling with this client or I'm, I'm struggling to get this offer accepted. And it's like, well, have you thought about trying this or that? And, and her problem solving with you is your love language for her. It's probably like, I don't, I don't want problem solving. I just want you to hear me. <laughs> I know that's how it is for me. And Claire is like, she, she wants me to on emotional level, just relate and listen and not problem solve. Um, but we have a tendency to become advice monsters where we just want to give out uh, like unsolicited solutions to things because kind of how we're hardwired as, as men. Yep. Yeah, it's truth. Well, um, to bring it to real estate, I got a really interesting article that I was reading this morning. And um, I, we, we talk about this a lot in our office. We talk about the lack of new construction constantly because there's obviously the real estate market here in Pennsylvania and the Philly region is great. The market is, is, is at a very fast pace, a uh, tremendous amount of demand, uh, not a lot of supply. 
that's old news to a lot of people. It, it, it kind of flies in the face. Some of those headlines you were reading at the beginning of the year, they thankfully have mostly gone away. Um, but the the reality is we're supposed to have in a balanced real estate market to have six months of inventory on the market. We're not even, we're not even a six not even a month there. Yeah. We're not even, we're not even close in our marketplace here. And what, what we've been waiting for is for new construction to kick up so that that shortage that we're talking about is fueling all this demand because yeah, you have all these buyers and very few homes to sell. We're hoping new construction can help solve that problem. And I saw, and this is now, this is nationally, this is nationally, but it's, it's something that um, is a great indication that, Hey, there's a trend going on here and hopefully it, it's, it's impacting us locally. So there is a lot of new construction happening locally, but this is just a, a an awesome thing to read. Construction starts um, post 17% increase in July. So total construction starts soared by 17% last month, reaching a seasonally adjusted annual rate of 1.2 trillion. Um, Year-to-date construction starts were 7% lower than 2022 with a lot of builders. And Luke, we saw this, right? Like we saw a lot of builders kind of put things on hold because the market was in a flux. Uh, Rates were going up and a lot of builders were saying, Oh gosh, maybe maybe we shouldn't be maybe we shouldn't be building homes right now. And and yeah. inflation's going well. Maybe we can't hit our margins on these homes. Maybe yeah. it's better just to just to stop dead in the water. And that's what happened. But it's yeah. it's really neat to see that that wheel is starting to turn again, and that we're hitting record amounts of uh, of new construction projects being started around the country because we're we're in bad need of affordable housing. Yeah, and in twenty two construction did start to pick up at, at a certain point. Yeah. I think maybe towards like mid to like um, third quarter. Uh-huh. Um, and then then we hit the banking crisis and then everybody freaked out and the builders stopped building. And then now we're kind of back down to an all time low. And by banking crisis, you, you're speaking to to the interest rate hikes. Exactly. Rates went yep. over 7 percent. Yeah. Yeah. This year. Were- yeah, right now, just today, one of the big one of the banks that we we use for a lot of mortgages, a local bank, um, it, it's a big it's a it's a big referral source for our for our brokerage, um, and they just raised the rates from seven percent to seven and a quarter. Mm-hmm. Um, so rates are and they're they're quite competitive. I mean, these so with with the mortgage industry with a with a broke with with a mortgage broker they're typically on the cutting edge of where the rates are going this is a local bank so they're a little behind when rates go up the bank is behind so it's typically lower they're on the lower side of things i'm seeing the brokers at 7.4 seven and a half for people with questionable you know credit and and not the best income so it's yeah man it's it's only getting more unaffordable for people to buy homes I mean, seven percent right now is pretty much the best you can get. Yeah, and that's if you're going conventional. You have a low DTI. And maybe now chance. paying a point, right? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, exactly. So what this what this means to me is, hey, there's some there's some hope here <laughs> on the horizon. Um, there's there's um, a lot of challenges with the higher interest rates, like we were saying, labor shortages, material prices, inflation, all that stuff. Uh, but there is another side of this, uh, of this affordability crisis. There's another side of it. And with time, I think we're going to get there because we may just build our way out of it. I mean, that's the hope, right? 
And if you boil it down to the basics, it's supply and demand. Yep. You have more supply, yep. then your demand evens out because there's n- enough supply to accommodate the demand. Yeah. And as rates increase, typically demand goes down yep. and then supply might stay stagnant or maybe build a little bit because there's not as many buyers in that pool. But yep. if we have more supply, it could help hopefully even the, the playing field, field out a little bit. Yeah, agreed, one hundred percent. Yeah, and I, I was, um, I was encouraged by that this morning because yeah, when we reach that market equilibrium, man, wow, it's. I mean, we're going to be able to guide our customers, our clients, through a much simpler, less intense process. And something we talked about in in the team meeting this week uh, was the real estate Hunger Games. <laughs> so, in uh, in two thousand eight. There was a there was a record amount of real estate agents at the time. There was a t- just lots of people getting into the business because of how quickly homes were, saying, how many homes were being sold, and then there was a thirty percent reduction. Actually, actually, I think it was more than that. Do you remember the number? I think it was thirty uh, percent reduction in home sales in two thousand eight, and now we're we're at an even lower inventory count than where we were at in two thousand eight. And there's there's even more real there's way more real estate agents now than there was then, and that's largely due to HDTV, right? And yeah, the, yeah, the uh, glorification of the sexy lifestyle of a real estate agent. You know, it's just the money flowing in, right? right that's it. Little man. work. You don't really have to be a professional. You just got to hang your license somewhere, and right, you'll make six figure six figures a year, right? Yeah, right, Jason. Yeah, collect a big commission. Yeah, yeah that's right. That's how it works. Um, right. Unfortunately, that's not reality. Um, it's just it's really not. And um, agents. So the average agent worked. 35 hours last year. Now keep in mind the average real estate agent who, so if you were to put all agents on a big, long spectrum on a big, long graph, um, the, and you hit like right at the median, the median agent is doing six deals a year. If you were to average everything out, it's not even one transaction. Here. There's so many realtors that hang their license in escrow or don't do any business. Um, but of agents who, do a deal. The average is six deals a year. That's, that's Luke, you know, that's not an ink. That's not a, a living. Mm-hmm. Um, so the average agent is not a full-time person. It's like the, and for us, our value proposition is always, Hey, as a full-time agent, we are, we are full-time in this. We have, we have a knowledge base um, of a, of a full-time professional. Would Correct. I hire a part-time attorney Correct. to go into court? Exactly. Would I want to part-time would, surgeon? Right. Or would I would I, would I even want like a a part-time, I don't I, I you could go down the list of things. So do I, do I want a part-time professional? Not really. Um yep. and people like to really demean the role of a real estate agent. It's like, how are you comparing yourself to an attorney? It's like, well, this is for most people the most expensive asset they will either buy or sell for most of us. So yeah, it's 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 important to partner with the right professional. But um, what well, the, the point we're making is there is a there is a decrease this year from th- an average of 35 hours worked every week to 30 hours. And the Hunger Games is upon us, man, where there's just there is more agents competing for less business than ever before in American in American history. And um, people are people are kind of dropping off. We're seeing agents get a little lazier. <laughs> 
So what does that mean for us? Yeah. Well, I mean, we've had many conversations about this and um, we've said it before on the podcast, the way that you produce business last year mm-hmm. is not necessarily the way that you produce business this year. Yeah. The market's always shifting. It's always changing. So you have to be creative. You have to be able to pivot as the market shifts and as people um, experience new difficulties. Yeah. Um, and even the way that you can emotionally support somebody as they're experiencing these different difficulties, that's a huge element as well. So what we've seen is um, the overall, the real estate agent who is just calling leads, there's not as many leads to be called yeah. right now. Yeah. You could still dial through a list um, and and people still do make a living out of that. Sure. Um, but there's not as many people picking up right now simply because they're not as interested or motivated. Right. Hey, we're sitting on a 2.8% interest rate we bought a few years ago, why yeah. on earth would I want to refinance into 7%, 7.5% and yeah. also pay this premium? Yeah, yeah. You know, and yeah. 30% appreciation, for whatever it is from when yeah. they last bought. Yeah. <clears throat> um. So there's there's a lot of obstacles to, to overcome there when you're just calling through the leads. And yeah. I think that's something that we still want to do. We still have a culture. We were hitting the phones yesterday. Yeah. Uh, in fact, we want to get into that even more. Yeah. Um, but another thing that a lot of agents who are being successful and things that they're doing is actually circling back. It's kind mm-hmm. of like circle prospecting. You're yep. going back to your past clients, your sphere, the people that you know, um, and you're providing value yeah. to all of the um, people who you sold homes to over the years. All those clients, you can now provide valuations. Um, provide uh, any information that's applicable. Hey, we recommendations. Help you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. And HVAC help. And, and, mm-hmm. and a lot mm-hmm. of people who don't want to buy right now are building on their houses or thinking about how do I make my kitchen nicer? Because yeah, moving now for the gourmet kitchen doesn't sound as good. Well, we can still provide value to those people. And there are yeah. still people buying and selling homes that those people will know. Um, so we're meeting their need. We're providing value. And then we're keeping our brand top of mind so that, Hey, when they, when they have those conversations with coworkers, friends, family, you know, people at the gym, people at church, whatever we're coming up, our name is coming up when top of mind. Yeah. Yeah. Top of mind. That's exactly it. Yeah. I think, I think for right now, um, it's going back to old school. It's relational. It's who do you know? Who are you surrounded with? Who are the people that trust you? And I think this applies really to any business right now is networking, getting your name out there. If you're struggling to sell a product, struggling to sell a service, whatever it is, it's go back to the basics. Who do you know? Who can you take out to eat? Who are those connections that you can make with with real people around you? I think there's something really powerful to working with somebody that you trust. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I love that. I mean, you just hit it right there, which is trust. It's like, you want to do business with people you like and people you trust. Yep. So if, yeah. And and that's the biggest thing that we run into is especially in these cold conversations with, with prospects and leads, it's like, well, you get ghosted a lot. And I would push back on someone who says I'm, I'm getting ghosted by leads. I'm not, I'm not hearing, I'm not getting the response that I want from them. I'm not finding out their timeline. When I, when I call them back, I'm not catching them. And I, my challenge is 
Well, and this is what I challenge myself with is did I call back at the time that I promised I'd call back at? Yes. It, did I lead with value in our first conversation mm-hmm. or was I just calling to check in with them? And, mm-hmm. and was I providing value in the call that makes them feel like picking up a follow-up is actually not a waste of time because who wants to, who wants to casually search for a home with a, with a sales agent over their shoulder? It's like, no, right. you, you would want to search with someone who's, who's providing value for you. And the reality yep. is that these people that are sitting on the fence, hoping the market calms down, Man, the, the truth is we don't know when or even if that market equilibrium is going to come about. And if you waited from 2020, 2021 to now to buy a home, you're looking at prices that are 30% higher at a rate that's, what, 125% higher? Like this is, this, is the con- this is the consequence. This is in the con list of waiting, putting things on hold. Warren Buffett says, why wait to get into a long-term game? To, to, it's like you 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 shouldn't put things off. You can you can refinance. And another point that we could talk about, man, if rates and I should say when when rates come back down, when rates come back down, do you agree that a lot of people are going to get off the sidelines and get back out there, hit the open houses, start scrolling the realtor searches, start scrolling Zillow again, and and suddenly now demand demand ticks up and prices start accelerating and going up even faster. Right. Well, anytime that there is news of rates going down and it could be even just 25 basis points, you know, a quarter percent. Right. Uh, but if we see rates come down 50 basis points, something to that effect, and we're hovering somewhere in the mid sixes, I think we're going to see a lot of people move. Yeah. And I think that could be enough for them to have the confidence say, all right, you know what? We don't know the the market's uncertain. We're seeing that rates are coming down. I don't know how long this is going to last for. Is it something that's affected by the election? I don't know, but let's capitalize on it. Yeah. While we can, let's lock in for 30 years, 20 years, whatever it is. And then, so yeah, I think, yeah. I think across the board, anytime that you see any significant decrease, yeah. even if it's the Fed just saying, hey, you know what? We see inflation coming down. It's coming closer to our 3% yeah. goal. Who knows if that's actually true? And they ease off on um, on raising rates. I think I definitely think that there's going to be people who who will try to take advantage of that. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. I think so too. And and another point that that could be considered here is the student loan repayments start in mm-hmm. another. I think is it late? Is it this month or next month? I think it's I think it's next month. Yeah, yeah. So that's going to September. Suck. It's going to suck a lot of cash out of the economy. And I mean, I could go through the, the the numbers on what the average loan repayment amount looks like. I can't remember them off the top of my head, but it's substantial and it's going to suck a lot of cash out of the economy, which is going to slow inflation, which means that rates could come down again. So for, for a lot the repayment of uh, the COVID relief PPP loans. Yeah. 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 It's, it's going to be interesting. Um, to see what happens with the rates there. Cause I, I do think that those factors will, it, it will have some effect. So maybe we'll see rates come back down and we'll see a lot of people get back in the market. So if you're thinking about holding off because of rates, it may not be the best, it may not be the best plan. So you, you need to, you need to really think. That and, and, and we talk to professionals all the time who um, are um, closely looking at the market 
yeah. um, closely follow the economy and yeah. you'll get a different answer from every single professional about where rates are going to go. Yeah. If they're coming down the next few months, if they're going up. <laughs> so there really is uncertainty in the, in the market. Yeah. It's hard to find somebody who just predicts um, the market perfectly and consistently. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Well, to, to cap things off here in our conversation, um, let's hit on what's going on here in our, in our brokerage. Um, we're, we're in a growth phase, man. Like we've, we've spent, we've spent time and effort and months building a model, building systems, switching systems, taking on some pretty, some pretty hefty headaches in a, in a low transaction market on sort of a, sort of a leap of faith, um, that this is going to be the best move for our company. Um, and it has yeah. been, it has been challenging, but now that we're in this growth phase, it's like, oh my goodness, you know, crap hits the fan and it's, it's time to rock and roll and make this thing start to work. Um, I'm excited for it, man. I'm really excited, but I'm also, I'm also like, wow, we went from one, we went from one season of contending for something to now another season where the contention is even more heated. Um, I'm, I'm excited, but I'm, man, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to work up the motivation and, and, and get excited, get excited about it. Yeah. And, and we, you know, we were talking about this yesterday, but, and we're heavily in the uh, recruiting phase, right? Moments yeah. as a company. Yeah. And um, it, you know, the, the, the brand is not for everybody there. Um, there's a lot of incentives to working here at moments. Mm -hmm. um, and what we really want to attract and what I think the model attracts is high performers. Sure. Probably partly with the culture of the team. Yep. Um, and the way that we believe, the way that we act, the way that we operate. Yep. Um, of course, the splits and everything else accommodate that. Um, and and the staff and and the way that you know so much is provided to the agent, things that they're trying to do on their own that agents naturally aren't good at. We have staff here to support them. Yeah. Ultimately, yeah, they get that really competitive split. The yeah. staff is behind you, which which forces you to increase your numbers. Yeah, yeah. inevitably it happens. Yeah, um, but I think for for us, as agents are hurting and as agents are thinking about moving out, because it's hard, and a lot of the people at the top, at least in our market, are sucking up the business. Yeah, people are going to be backing out, and these could be agents that are intelligent. Yep. Um, and and are you know business savvy or whatever, and have capabilities, but they don't have the support behind right. them. Right. So that's when we can come in. And that's when I think this this brokerage is really going to grow yeah. because people want to attach themselves to people that are successful yeah. and people that have uh resistance to to the storm around them. I agree. Yeah, man. Yeah, 100 percent And and now is the time, now is the time to to increase your output on lead gen. And and we have a system that is very rewarding for people that want to lead gen and grow their business. The whole split structure is structured that way. The, excuse me, the, the scalability of hopping into the system, having that, having that support from people. Yeah. Like you said, who are, who are really geared to do the things and take things off the plates of agents. Um, man, I, I, I completely agree with what you're saying. And I, I, I believe that it's going to grow as well. Um, I'm excited to see, I'm excited to see who joins us and, and what happens and, and, like you said, it's a market where um, 
where you have to you have to kind of take the business. You got to wrestle it from that select few people that have been out there for 25, 30 years. And we were, I was at lunch yesterday with an agent. We were talking about his his vision is one day to grow a team for himself. He's really in the Keller Williams model and and you know, really, really learning what what it looks like in that in that culture. And I, I think it's great. We've been there, we had been with Keller Williams for seven years. So we were just talking about it. And um his his struggle is similar to the struggle of I think everyone in the business right now, which is I'm trying to figure out where my next client's coming from. I'm not sure where they're going to come from. And I have some realtor.com leads. I have this, I have that. Um, and, and as we were talking about that, and we were talking about the, the strength of, of our company in, in that arena where it's like, yeah, we, you know, leads are, leads are, leads are great. It's like we were saying before, it's not the only spoke that you should, you should have on your wheel of business, but um, it's a great tool in your tool shed. The, waitress came over and said, Oh, you guys are in real estate sales. I just put my license in escrow. And I was like, Oh, really? Why, why, why did that happen? And she shared that she was on a team and it was going, it was going well, um, but she decided she wanted to break off and be a solo agent. And she decided to, to take a stab at it and things just weren't going well. Things weren't panning out. And she decided two months ago to put her license in escrow. And it kind of saddened me because we beat the drum as an industry. Oh, you got to, you know, you got to be on your own, figure it out all on your own. Let's, you know, the, the salesperson is the team leader. They're the admin. They're the transaction manager. They're this. They keep the most of your commission. You do all these different things. And man, we've, we've said it a hundred times. It's not that, it's not that efficient. And these highly efficient companies are going to come along, you know, with AI, with, with, the right staff with the S and C's to balance the D and I's out. It's like, they're going to come along and they're going to snatch up market share. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah, they will. Yeah. And what, like, what's, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? How are you going to weather that storm? Yeah. You know, you're going to try to do it on your own and and be a solo agent. Good freaking luck. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's tough. I think there's a very small percentage of people who could who could do that yeah. and who have the willpower to do that. Yeah. Um, but I think, yeah, like you said, man, there's there's something out here that's being offered that um other people don't have access to. Yeah. And the cool thing about here at moments is we are a part of a broker. It's, it's not, it's not in someone's name. You know, we're not building up someone else's brand. We're building up the brokerage brand that um, that really benefits us individually. And we have our individuality where we're able to, yeah, lead a pod, lead a, lead a team, lead a, uh, lead in the structure, lead in the company and have that, um, and have that entrepreneurial itch scratch. And also, um, to enjoy the benefits of us all paying in for something that gives value back to us instead of just paying in for a really big name, um, that is becoming less and less important to have in the real estate market. People are hiring individuals and not and not brokerages. That's right. That's right, man. Pumped about it, man. It's it's a grind. It's it's struggle. And for me, just on a personal note, it's like picking up the phone to 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 elicit a a just a coffee or a, a meal or whatever. It's tough to do that for me when I'm calling a working professional who who is um who is doing their thing and not necessarily looking for this. It's different mm. chasing an online lead where I know, Hey, they're out there searching for homes. They're, they have a goal in mind. We are a catalyst to help them achieve their goal. This is a little different. And I'm trying to rewire my mindset and look at it like, well, I need to lead with empathy because they're probably struggling right now. 
They're really mm-hmm. strong. A lot of agents right now are really hurting for business. And they're like, mm-hmm. like the waitress the other day, um, thinking about maybe I need an exit strategy here. Maybe I need to get yeah. out of this business. And I really, I love, there's a, ro- a lot of reasons they might love uh, the real estate industry, but they're thinking, man, maybe I need to, maybe I need to get out of this. Um, and I think we have something here that for the people who want to work and and they really want to get themselves the at-bats, we have a really top-notch process and system that will allow them to do that. I think better than than anywhere else in our marketplace. Yeah. And we've, uh, I mean, how many agents have you interviewed that have said, I have complete support from my brokerage <laughs> and I know exactly what to do and I have a exact way of um, having success based on what they're, the way they're guiding me. I mean, it doesn't happen. You don't see um, it out. There. No, not really. No, they'll say the, I mean, a lot of the Keller Williams agents will say the training program was awesome. Like the coaching and accountability was great, but we stopped doing that. Like I stopped doing it. And then I've also heard that, well, it was really nice because I wasn't required to show up for the classes. I wasn't really required to do this. I wasn't required to do that. And I'm hearing it from, from agents who are, you know, struggling in their business and, it it just it fuels me, man, because it's like, oh my goodness, these big companies out there, their their people don't have that problem. You know, they they don't they're showing up every single day and they're they're beating the drum. And the successful agents in our marketplace, they're showing up, they're showing up, they're 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 looking for their next client every single day. They're they're spending that 60% of their time looking looking for lead gen, or, or I should say working lead gen and and, mm-hmm. and touching base with past clients. That's why mm-hmm. the industry this long. And it's like, yeah. it just, it never ceases to amaze, you know, that, that brokerages at the brokerage level, at the management level, they're not talking about that with their agents and they're beating the drum on, you know, all this, all this other fluff that isn't a benefit um, that is just Kool-Aid and it's really not fueling the, the agent's business. And that's what we're about here is that we are going to take an investment in, in our, in our, all of our personal businesses and give us the give us the know how and the steps to get our next clients, and that's I think that's what really sets moments apart. I agree, man. I agree. Let's go, man. All right, well, let's wrap it up. It's been, dude. We went way over time. I think we said we were going to do this for fifteen minutes. It's been like forty minutes. As really, <laughs> time flies. Time flies when you're, yeah, when you're doing a podcast. All right, man. Well, I'll, I'll catch you soon. I look forward to next week. This was fun. It was nice to get back into it. We will be. We're going to try to be more consistent too. As scheduled. That's right. Yeah, more consistent. And the weeks that we can't do a pod, we'll try to record two in one week so that we can consistently release one one a week. Yeah. So, all right, man. All right, man. I'll see I'll you on Friday. Yeah. Next week. See you, bye.